trilogy movies. I'm trying to think of a, a, a trequel. <laughs> What's the third one? I have so much uh, cough syrup in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Future. Um... <laughs> Welcome to Blind Spotters, a movie podcast about the movies we want to see and Agent Argyle. I'm Zach Pocklib. And I'm Amanda Luberto. And we are in uncharted territory today because, Amanda, we are talking about our most anticipated movies of 2024. And then later we will be breaking down Matthew Vaughn's eighth feature film, Argyle, starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, and many more. We will be spoiling the movie when we get there, so proceed with caution if you don't want to yet know who the real Agent Argyle is, but you can always come back at a later date. Before we get to all of that, though, friend, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about our most anticipated. We uh, wanted to do this last year, and I think it sort of slipped by us. I'm glad we're doing it. And it's our first movie review. This is true. Yeah, I finally got to go to a a screening, which was cool. Shout out to you for hooking it up, getting me in contact with someone who could get me into Argyle, which is one of the movies in all of history. It is one of the movies that has been made in all of history. It does, in fact, exist, but uh, we'll save all our thoughts. We figured since that was probably the biggest release of the first month of 2024, um, that is truly a 2024 film, we wanted to also look ahead at the rest of the upcoming movie slate that I know we are personally hyped about, especially coming off of a very strong 2023. Totally. So let's talk about some upcoming movies because of the WGA and SAG after strikes that happened last summer. Some of the 2024 slate not only includes movies that were always going to come out this year, but also a lot of movies that got postponed. But this section is going to be loose. We're going to talk about roughly 30 films, just sort of back and forth, giving you just like a little rundown, our excitement level, when you can see it, all that kind of stuff. So let's get started, right? Want to kick us off? This is going to be a surprise to nobody, but a movie I've been waiting for for upwards of three years, and I'm talking about Dune Part 2, ever heard of it, directed by Ooh, Denis Villeneuve, starring Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Austin Butler, Rebecca Ferguson, it's just potentially one of the most beautiful casts of all time. Um, this film was pushed from, from late 2023 uh, to March 1st, so unfortunately... Or fortunately, if you're an Oppenheimer fan, it was not able to participate in this Oscars cycle. So I can't wait for this because it's going to be a proper movie theater experience, man. I just, I mean, what else can we say about Dune Part 2 that we haven't already said? I'm so excited. Something I was thinking about when it was announced that it was coming out on March 1st was that this was like in the height of the strike and it really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when this got postponed to 2024 because people are like, oh, they're really not going to solve this in time. Like they're willing to move their biggest movie out of the Oscars contention before they're willing to like come to an agreement. And that like was a really big point, I feel like, in the strikes like cycle. Um, but I'm so excited. And I actually think you know, now that the actors and writers both have an updated contract they feel good about, I feel like March 1st is a really good date for it, even though it is out of the Oscars cycle, is because like, we're going to get this movie, it's going to be hype all week. And then like, nine days later, we get the Oscars. I think it's gonna help the show because I think people are going to be excited about movies. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be obviously the signature film for the first quarter of the year. Um, and yeah, like you said, on the tip of everyone's tongue on the red carpet, you know, Timothy Chalamet is going to be there, Zendaya is going to be there, all the movie stars are going to be there talking about Dune. Um, you'll you get the letterbox content. Uh, Florence Pugh has already started her media tour. Thank God. Um, yeah. And then it's enough time to where you know it'll be Dune, Dune, Dune. And if it is good enough, it'll be once the award cycle comes back around, let's talk about Dune. Yeah. Um, as we've seen in previous years, the Oscars cycle is weird now. You know, we've had movies that come out in uh, February and, and March and October um, be the kind of top competitors in the Oscars races. So uh, I think this will be good for it. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I was so impressed by Dude Part 1. I've talked about it before, but I like very purposefully removed myself from all information about Dune to see if it would work on me because I wasn't hyped to see like my favorite characters or whatever. And I think I saw it three times in theaters. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, will you be purchasing a uh, signature merch bucket no. featuring a sandworm? <laughs> okay, thank you. Do you want to move on to our next most anticipated movie of the year? Yeah, so this is the new Jeff Nichols movie, The Bike Riders, featuring Tom Hardy, Austin Butler again, and Jodie Comer. Uh, Michael Shannon and Mike Feist are also in this film. It's based off a book of photographs of motorcycle riders. I don't know if there's like a more technical term, but um, this originally, again, was supposed to be released in 2023 and was pushed. So now it's going to come out on June 21st. I know you're really excited about this, so why don't you tell us more about like what has caught your eye about this movie? I mean, it just seems like uh, your classic kind of crime drama with some people that rule. You know, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Michael Shane, and Mike Feist, Norman Reedus, uh, Emery Cohen. Shout out to Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah. Um, not like certainly like not a dude's rule movie, but like dudes getting up to nefarious stuff. I'm always excited to see Jodie Comer in a big movie because I think she is awesome. I thought she was great in The Last Duel. Obviously, everybody knows her for being great in Killing Eve. Just happy to see the Scouse Queen get her get her shot on a, on the big screen. Absolutely. All right. The next movie is one that I'm like so excited for. Um, this is kind of extremely Amanda shit, so that rules. It's going to be the Robert Eggers remake of Nosferatu, which is set to release Christmas. Robert Eggers, for those who don't know, um, did The Witch, The Lighthouse, The Northmen. Um, he's just sort of a, like, thriller is not really the right word, but just like dark, grungy, uncomfortable. Kind of gothic. Yeah, gothic is like a good word for it. Very arty filmmaker. Um, and I'm personally so amped that he's doing this film. Bill Skarsgård will be playing the titular role, um, if you will. Uh, Lily Rose Depp, Willem Dafoe, Emma Corwin, Nicholas Holt. So just like a stacked cast. There's not a lot of information, but it is about like a girl who falls in love with a vampire, basically. <laughs> I mean, who among us? <laughs> There's only so many stories in history, I guess. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. This I'm... is like the er history other than like Dracula, though. Yeah, totally. And like. I uh, I just think that he's the perfect person to make it. I think that Bill Skarsgård is going to make a perfect Nosferatu. Um, and 
I'm really hoping they don't show us Skarsgård until the movie because he's not in the teaser trailer or like any of the art so far. And I hope they like kind of keep it under wraps because it will be very cool to have that sort of reveal. Have you seen the original Nosferatu? I saw it like when I was way too young to understand movies. And I was like, yeah, this is like a a famous horror film. And I watched it. I was like, this is boring. Now I need to rewatch it. Like now that I understand how shit works. So but it's an icon of the genre. And I think it's in good hands to get a remake. Yeah, it's crazy that the original Nosferatu came out 102 years ago. Yeah, 1922. <laughs> On the flip side, uh, I, I want to say it's extremely Zack shit, but it, this is this is a Venn diagram uh, yeah. type movie for <laughs> Zack and Amanda. And that's uh, Richard Linklater's Hitman starring Glenn Powell, who also gave a hand in writing the screenplay. This is Linklater's first live action film since 2019's Where Do You Go, Bernadette? And it is about an undercover Houston police officer posing as a hitman until he tries to save a woman in need. This got great reviews out of Venice um, when it debuted there. It's going to come out on Netflix on June 7th. I wish and I hope that there's going to be some sort of theatrical release. It probably won't. And it'll probably be a hit on Netflix because, um, you know, there's a great teaser trailer. It seems very zippy. Uh, So I'm excited to see how Glenn Powell dominance continues on. Maybe it'll be a. Maybe we should do a Linklater swap or something. I like. Linklater I would love that so much. Uh, Linklater can be hit and miss too. Uh, he has some real big hits, and he also has me and Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super excited about that one. And Glenn Powell is just uh, continuing to try to have a classical as as close to a classic movie star arc as possible um, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty four. So shout out to Glenn Powell for fighting the good fight. Yeah, he has a little bit of a an early um, cruise thing going on where it's like, I'll play a romantic lead, I'll play an action hero, I'll play a whatever. Like, he's in, like, fucking Top Gun. Like, it's, I think it's been really fun to watch because no one else is really doing the playbook of the, like, 1980s movie star the way he is. Yes, but our next film we have is Ugh. starring probably the modern movie star archetype now. Um, and we're talking about Challengers. I know you're amped about this. I know it's one of your guys. So why don't you talk about uh, Challengers a little bit? Yeah, it's the new Luca Guadagnino movie. He did Call It By Your Name, Bones and All, um, lots of other films. He's an Italian RD filmmaker, um, but it's starring Zendaya, Mike Feist, and Josh O'Connor. I mean, that's just like the trilogy yeah. for me. I'm so excited. Um, this was also pushed from 2023. That was a real bummer. I get it. Like, you want to make sure that Zendaya and Mike Feist and Josh O'Connor can go to every Vanity Fair Absolutely. video yeah. series that you need in order to promote it. You want movie stars talking about the movies that are coming out. So I understand the hold, but it's coming out April 26th. It's a tennis love triangle film. The poster looks amazing. I just really want a copy of the poster. It looks so good. I'm expecting this to be the best thruple movie we've had in years. Ooh, thruple movies. Oh, there's so many thruple movies. I watched a really old thruple movie recently. I think it had Myrna Loy. Well, we watched uh, The Philadelphia Story. That's a classic Thruple movie. Oh, that's definitely a Thruple movie. Oh, the Myrna Loy movie I'm thinking of is The Test Pilot, and it's her, um, I believe it's Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy. An amazing trio. Yeah. So um, this movie will be a lot different than that, uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I thought the trailer was incredible. 
Zendaya, man, just continues to take over the world. Can't wait. I mean, this is a whole different topic, but the difference between like actor and movie star and like these three people are movie stars and I'm so excited. Yes, but also high quality actors, which uh, yeah, totally. we'll talk about more in our February swap. Yes, we will. All right. This one I feel like I'm excited for, but this is like absolutely Zach shit. So tell us about <laughs> our next movie. I like how we just keep following back like Amanda shit, Zach shit. Amanda yeah, well, shit. the next one after this is Amanda shit. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we pod together. <laughs> this is true. Our next most anticipated movie of the year is Blitz. Uh, it's the new Steve McQueen project starring Saoirse Ronan and Harris Dickinson taking place during World War II during the Blitz in England. I just am really amped about this one because it's our first Steve McQueen film, I believe, since Widows. He had the small act series in 2020. He had uh, the documentary, um, which I the name escapes me right now, um, that came out last year. But uh, really amped anytime a Steve McQueen film is on the docket. I just really love his specific eye. And I'm really intrigued to see how he works with Saoirse Ronan and Harris Dickinson. Saoirse kind of needs a hit. It's been yeah. a minute. She hasn't been in a project that's been great since Little Women, probably. Yeah, I would say so. You know, she spent some time on stage. She spent some time trying to do a Midwestern accent in Faux. And she has another movie coming out uh, called The Outrun. But this is definitely the biggest profile one. It's definitely going to be Oscar buzz. Whether it comes to fruition, we'll see. And I'm excited to see Harris Dickinson continue yeah, you know, he's doing great. some great things. I thought he was awesome in The Iron Claw. And he was also good in Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, so, I like that movie a little bit more than you did, but I, he is really good Yeah, but good I like that, that he, I like that he, yeah, was in the film and is working with awesome directors and filmmakers, so. And with OutRun, a lot of the reviews of that movie was basically like, search us back. So if we can have like two yeah. good search movies within, you know, 12 to 18 months, I don't know when OutRun is coming out. Blitz doesn't have a release date, but it's most likely coming out in 24. Um, then like, I will be more confident about her career again. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'll never waver, but I'm like, girlfriend, we need to get you a hit. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be ebbs and flows. And, you know, I think yeah, she's, totally. she's, a private, she's a private person and uh, is on track to be like, it's the same disservice that people that happens to people that get compared to like NBA stars right away. But she's on that kind of Meryl Streep track of best actress of her generation, always nominated when she delivers a movie and it's been a while since she's had a those things sync up so i love Sir Ronan. we also love a bunch of people in this next film that we're excited for so amanda what's our next movie on the list the next movie is civil war this like might be in my top most anticipated movies i'm so excited alex garland i will go to anything that he makes um he did ex machina annihilation men this is a film about journalists covering a violent modern civil war going on across america um it's starring kristen dunce jesse plemons kaylee spaney those are just some three real off the top people i am sat for and uh i'm very very excited again alex garland could like i don't know produce a movie about big bird and i'd be like i'm ready to listen to whatever you've come up with and it comes out on april 12th it's kind of a weird time to release the movie but i'm glad that like so far, it doesn't seem all of the movies are coming out within like three weeks of each other like it did in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah super hyped about this one. It's a pretty splashy A24 release. You know, A24 mm -hmm. is kind of inching more and more into 
big movies and not just like the A24 aesthetic that it gets put into or, or pigeonholed into. Um, super intrigued. Uh, love that Kirsten Dunst is working with Alex Garland. Yeah, um, me can't wait too. to see what he pulls out of her. I love that her and Jesse Plemons will be on screen together. And really love the move of casting Nick Offerman as the president of the United States. <laughs> yes. Yes, he's also in the film. I think the A24 marketing machine is just really going to pump this one up. And I'm expecting it to be a divisive film. I'm expecting it to be like one with like some annoying discourse. I'm so internet pilled, you know, just because like, you know, California and Texas are like teaming up against the United States. Yeah, Um, it is an election year. I'm sure things will be fraught, but I'm going to try to block all that out and just enjoy what Alex Garland has going on and uh, watch how credible Kirsten Dunst is as a photographer because, you know. Uh, I think maybe last time she played a photographer was Elizabethtown, if I'm <laughs> remembering right. And so we'll see how uh, those skills developed over the last decades. That's good. Moving forward, we have some subsections, I guess, to kind of organize our thoughts. So in our next little section, those are probably like our most anticipated, I'll say. Like our most of the most anticipated. Um, and now we're going to switch over to like, franchisee stuff some like sequels yeah so at first there's only going to be one marvel cinematic universe film released in 2024 and that is deadpool 3 um sure why not it's no (laughs) it's no secret that the mcu is in a interesting if not fraught space at the moment but if a movie is going to zhuzh anything up it is the deadpool franchise they finally um, are going to welcome the x-men into the mcu proper um, how Deadpool 3 meshes with the Disney edict and uh, style is going to be interesting, especially having watched the first two Deadpool movies. I think the first Deadpool has maybe aged a little oddly because that became Ryan Reynolds' like shtick. But when it came out, it was a real revelation. Grossed record-breaking numbers. And then Deadpool 2 was like pretty good, but uh, kind of suffered under the weight of being a sequel. The huge aspect to the third film is that Hugh Jackman is reprising his role as Wolverine for the first time since Logan when... Well, if you've seen Logan, it's kind of shocking. Anyway, Owen Wilson's in this movie. Emma Corrin um, is is in it as well. I'm really hoping for the best for her. I heard she was good in Murder at the End of the World, a show I have not seen. But this comes out July 26th. It'll be a birthday movie for me. Um, And I guess we'll see. Like, what's your feelings on Deadpool? So I've not seen any of the Deadpool movies, um, which I feel like I'm... Yeah, I don't know why. It just sort of passed me by, but... I feel like I'm now at a disadvantage because that is so sticky that I feel like it will be annoying more than it really hitting me the way it did at the time. But I remember it being a huge thing. Yeah, it, it was also like a peak time for us to go see it because we were in college when it came out. I know. Out. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> it also seems like a, a dude movie. So maybe I was just like, oh, no, thank you. I guess so. But you like comic book stuff. like Yeah. I- I don't know. I just, that... I just missed it. Huh. But I like X-Men enough to probably find yeah. my way to the theater. I would say like you should watch the first one. And I don't I haven't seen it in maybe since 2019, 2018. Um, so I can't speak to how it has actually aged. But it's just yeah. like thinking about how Ryan Reynolds has moved in the world in the last decade. Totally. Um, I, I absolutely kinda, it, understand what you're talking about. It'll be less of a surprise. But our next movie is another. It's a prequel, if you will. Not if you will, it is. Yeah, it's uh, like a it's a prequel to like a fifth sequel. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a prequel slash spinoff. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about Furiosa, uh, which takes place in the Mad Max universe. 
Um, this one's starring Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth. George Miller, back at it again. Why not? You know, even at his advanced age. Yeah. Hoping for the best. This one comes out May 24th. There was some discourse about the trailer and the CGI that might be getting used. Um, just where, where are you at with Furiosa? I mean, I'll see it. I love Mad Max Fury Road, one of my favorite films that came out that year. I think it will be difficult to capture the magic that was Fury Road, but I believe in it. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm excited to see Hemsworth outside of the Thor machine. Yeah. Um, I think he's a credible and great action star. I think he's super charming and how he plays the heavy. Um, and he's really holding the Australian heart of the original <laughs> Mad Max films as well. So, And it's a huge, I think it's a huge spot for Anya Taylor-Joy because this is yeah. way different than anything she's ever done. Um, it's hard to step into Charlie Theron's shoes and she's going to try. All right. The next two movies are sort of in my corner. So I'll just uh, go through them real quick. But next one is A Quiet Place Day One. So this is a prequel to the Quiet Place movies. This is the third in the franchise. There was a little bit in the last movie, a look into what happened the day of the first attack. And I feel like this is going to be sort of like what life was like leading up to it. And that was really good. These movies are great. Um, But what I am nervous about is that this is the first movie in the franchise that John Krasinski is not involved in in any way. He has starred in, wrote, and directed the first two films. Emily Blunt will return, um, but we're adding stars like Lupita Nyong'o, um, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things, Alex Wolf. But I am nervous that it might lose some of the Genesis qua that it has because it has like a new writer and a new director. But I'm open to it. These are, I think, pretty underrated modern horror films. Um, Michael Cernoski is taking over. He also did Pig a few years ago. Movie yeah, that was really underrated. That movie is good. But it's a nice summer movie. It's going to come out on June 28th. I want to watch these movies. I just haven't. And I think I could probably handle them. I love that Lupita is joining this. Um, she's kind of edged around some different like action thriller stuff um, in the last few years. So um, this will be a probably one of the bigger releases she'll be a part of, especially recently. So I uh, cannot wait. Next one is another part of a trilogy. This is Maxine with three X's. It is the third film in the Mia Goth Ty West horror film franchise. It's said to be the end of this trilogy, so I'm excited to see what both of them will do after this. But it's about Maxine, who is the only survivor from the X film. And it's her journey to being an actress in the 1980s. So it's going to be... 80s LA coke and porn I imagine everywhere and it's just gonna be a slasher for the ages um obviously it's starring Mia Goth but Elizabeth Debicki is in this movie Lily Collins is in this movie Moses Sumney who is a musical artist I really like is in this movie so that's gonna be really fun the thing that is killing me is that there is no release date Pearl came out years ago at this point and like x and pearl came out like within 12 months of each other and now we've just been waiting so i can't wait to see this film 
I think the legend of Mia Goth is growing. It's teetering a little bit um, if you looked at some news recently, but her and <laughs> yeah. Ty West seem to have a special chemistry together. I'm turning the page to another franchise getting its own kind of spinoff um, in one of my most anticipated movies of the year is Ballerina. This is a spinoff set in the John Wick universe starring Ana de Armas as the titular ballerina. I can't wait for this. I've wanted Ana de Armas to be in a great action franchise since she showed up for five way too short minutes in No Time to Die. She has had some misses. The Gray Man, Blonde, which I guess she got nominated for, but nobody really liked. Ghosted was bad. But now she has Ballerina in this other movie called Eden that has no release date, but it has her, Vanessa Kirby, and Jude Law, and Sydney Sweeney, and Daniel Bruhl. Those are, I'm attracted to all of those people. It's directed by Ron Howard, but. That has no release date, so it's not on the list. Ballerina is on the list, and uh, I love the John Wick films, so I'm excited to see how Ana de Armas goes about this. Uh, I can't wait for this film. Um, I think I've said that a few times, but yeah, coming out June 7th. All right. To wrap up our like franchise section, we're doing a movie I am so apprehensive about. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised you actually put this on. Are you just anticipating? We just have to talk about it. <laughs> There's just anticipation for it. Correct. Um, this yeah. is Wicked. It's actually the first half of the musical, which is that's like a nuts. just an actual travesty, and it's already being hacked to pieces. And I can't, I just can't. Like, believe. what in the Breaking Dawn Part One is going on? I can't believe someone was like, "That's a great idea." It just is so bonkers to me. But Ariana Grande, Cynthia Revo. Um, has a like a well stacked supporting cast. You got Jonathan Bailey, Michelle Yeoh, Bowen Yang. Um, it's made by John Chu, who did Crazy Rich Asians. God, it really just seems like it's going to be a hot mess. But I really hope <laughs> I'm, I really hope I'm wrong. It's quite literally my favorite musical. It's coming out November twenty seventh. I'm racked with anxiety about this film. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what's going to go on because. You know, Cynthia Revo is incredible. Um, John Chu did In the Heights, which was yeah, that was pretty a, good. I thought. A fun, like, way to transition a musical to a screen. Yeah, and we talked about the different ways that things can get adapted on our February swap. So I feel like I can confidently say it won't be Cats, yeah. but I can't say much more than that. Yeah. I'm so nervous. It's going to be big and loud, but it, I, do you think they'll uh, market it as a musical or do you think they'll hide it? <laughs> w- Wicked the Straight Play is just the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I know, but we know, we've seen well, it's Hollywood actually the just Wizard hide of Oz musicals. Prequel, but. I thought everybody understood that Mean Girls was a musical, and then all of a sudden I realized they never showed a song. I just can't believe they're chopping it, too. That's just like. A- yeah. Did they watch the musical? Do they know what happens in the second half? Do they understand momentum? I have it just is bonkers to me. That movie is a precursor to our next section of films that we're going to talk about that we're <laughs> yes. anticipating that I only just titled as, "Oh, this is getting a sequel." First movie on that list is Gladiator 2, a sequel to Gladiator 1. Uh this is Ridley Scott who is just continuing to pump out content, man. Um, whether it's great or not is up for debate, but um, we certainly know that Gladiator is one of the most iconic films of the century at this point. It won the Best Picture, won Best Actor for Crow, and this cast is stacked and intriguing. It's starring Paul Meskel. It's starring Denzel Washington. 
I love it when Denzel Washington is with one of the Scots. Uh, it just really brings us a particular energy. Uh, Pedro Pascal is in this movie, Connie Nielsen. It could be terrible. Uh, we talked about how Anya Taylor-Joy had never been in something like this, and Paul Mescal has never been in something like this. This is going to be a hyper-masculine, athletic, dude movie. And we haven't seen a successful sword and sandal movie in a while, I think. Uh, and I guess we'll find out if we're in a space where one can break through still. It is the reason why Barry Keoghan got so ripped. And then we got to see all oh, those back true. muscles in Saltburn. So that's pretty good. Well, we saw a lot of things in Saltburn. We did. I only wanted to discuss the back muscles, though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, that movie comes out uh, November 22nd. So pretty amped about that. Good uh, release I watched date. Gladiator for the first time in, I think, two years ago. And there's a lot of wheat touching. But, you know, we'll see if there's as much of that this time around. I will literally never forget that that was like your takeaway. <laughs> You're like, they touch wheat a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, like- it's literally touch grass the movie. Next one is fully in my corner. Um, Tim Burton is back for Beetlejuice 2. It's coming out September 6th. This is another one where it could be great or it could be horrifically bad. And I do not know. And I'm quite nervous. But they're getting all the old faves back together. Michael Keaton's in this movie. Winona Ryder's in this movie. It seems like many of the people from the original movie are going to be in it. I do not believe like the Alec Baldwin couple character are in this movie, but it seems like it's going to follow like the Dietz family. Um, it's starring Jenna Ortega as Lydia Dietz's daughter. I also am interested to see Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice now that he's older. What will that be like? Um, Beetlejuice is great. I really want to get it on the pod this year, so maybe this will be a good way to get it in, but... It's just a a horny emo movie. It just is so fun. And uh, I feel like the second one could be good enough, but it also could be Hocus Pocus 2, which was bad. So I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, this one's at least coming out in theaters, which is uh, a plus over Hocus Pocus 2. And Tim Burton hasn't made a movie in a long time. Yeah. And I feel like Tim Burton hasn't made a good movie in a long time. I enjoy the fact that this movie is titled Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is this also going to be a musical? Because I know there's a Beetlejuice musical. Oh, I don't think it would be if Michael Keaton is coming back to play Beetlejuice. Got it. The Beetlejuice musical, though, is incredible. If you ever get a chance to see it. Duly noted. What (laughs) if I saw Beetlejuice the musical before I saw Beetlejuice? You would be a little confused, but I think it would be fine. <laughs> it's okay. I have all, you know, I'll be able to sort that all in my brain. Speaking of sorting things in your brain, my uh, next most anticipated film of the year, Inside Out 2. Didn't realize that this needed to have a sequel and didn't realize that they couldn't come up with a better title than Inside Out 2. Completely um, agree on both sides. <laughs> two Inside, Two Out was the option. <laughs> um, inside Outer, Inside Out Puberty, Inside Out Teens. Emotion, you know, commotion, the- and Inside Out film. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> Inside Out 2, this time they're pissed. <laughs> I find it fascinating that this is not just taking place uh, like 10 years later in the timeline of the film, that it's actually just taking place where a year or two after the end of Inside Out 1, Maya Hawk is anxiety. I'll listen to her talk. Oh, s- speaking of this, this is a movie that we covered on our podcast. This is the first time we're talking about a movie, I think, in which 
the sequel is one to a movie that we have covered on blind spotters um and when we did the inside out pod we cast our emotions Mm -hmm. which was one of the funniest things we did and most fun things we did i did not prepare you for this at all but who would play anxiety (laughs) (laughs) who's the voice in your head like literally right now me um you won't understand this reference but uh shoshana from girls is anxiety voice <laughs> i don't understand the reference but i'm glad we got girls back on the pod yeah anytime man I th- anytime <laughs> i think mine would be greta gerwig yeah similar energy shosh is a little bit more like wiry but very similar energy anyway there's new emotions that will be added but nothing has been announced so it's all very under wraps and it's coming out this summer june 14th a movie i'm specifically anxious about is our next movie on the list (laughs) me too Um, so i guess you can call anxiousness a version of anticipation amanda take it away because this is this is a big monster this is coupled with wicked being on the list and this is joker to folia do um it's a follow-up to the 2019 joker with joaquin phoenix but we are adding my woman my number one lady lady gaga as a Harley Quinn type character, we assume. Um, we've seen I thought her... she's canonically like going to be Harley Quinn. There is no announcement on her character's oh name. Um, but she has been seen with pink and blue tipped hair, so it's to be assumed. On Wikipedia it says she's Harleen Quinzel slash Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Well that's good. I haven't seen <laughs> uh I did it wasn't on IMDB, which is where I got my information. <laughs> okay. But this is also going to be a musical. Very nervous about that. I love, obviously, whenever Gaga gets a chance to sing, but I don't know if we need Joaquin Phoenix singing. I don't know what else is going to be happening in this movie. It honestly reminds me a lot of like how I felt about House of Gucci, where I'm like, I don't know, man, but I'll see Gaga do anything. So this one comes out on October 4th. I got to wonder what the Venn diagram is going to look like of the guys who love Joker and the guys who want to see a musical. I think they're not going to be really advertising a lot of it as a musical. We should have had a train wreck category. (laughs) I mean, it could be good. I mean, the first movie made a lot of money. It was like well-made. I didn't really love it. Um, I thought that was a, it was like a fake deep movie, but uh, just hoping the best for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Lady Gaga is having a fascinating career uh, as an actress. Um, she's also rumored to have a new album coming out this year, so it, it could be Gaga's year. It was certainly a uh, twist to find out um, uh. Joker 2 is going to be a musical. And that sigh from Amanda is because our next and final movie on the... Oh, this is getting a sequel list is Twisters, a sequel to 1996's Twister. I love that they just added an S. Twisters. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and the thing is, it'd be even funnier if it was like a little two. If it was like Twisters, but like styled as a two. Yeah. Take note, Inside Out. <laughs> so so Twisters has a lot of people I really like in it. It has Lee Isaac Chung um, of Shang-Chi and uh, Short Term 12 fame. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, Glenn Powell, our guy Glenn Powell. Um, it's going to be the summer of Glenn. Uh, Anthony Ramos, who really uh, has had some weird choices, but big choices and he's always kind of entertaining or fun in them like i thought he was pretty charming and winning in transformers rise of the beasts um obviously was great in in the heights 
Uh, so we'll see how he does in, in this kind of ensemble. Sasha Lane's in it as well. It could be dumb, but I'm going to have a fun time at the theater, I think. This comes out in mid-July, July 19th. Its budget is $200 million. Oh, my God. So I got to imagine that the twisters are going to look great. I just hope it's not a CGI mess. Like, that's all I want from it is to just not be a CGI mess. I want them to have a really good breakfast scene like they did in the original Twister. One of the best. All right. Spinning it forward, um, we're going to round out with kind of stuff that's kind of smaller profile releases, I guess, but they're big to us in our heart. First of which... I guess it's not that small because it's starring two of the biggest movie stars in the world. And that's Wolfs, not Wolves, Wolfs, F.S. Uh, it's starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt, directed by John Watts, who is most well known for doing the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy. And the logline for this one is two professional fixers find themselves hired for the same job. Um, Clooney has already been a great fixer in Michael Clayton. And Brad Pitt uh, was fixing a roof in his Oscar winning performance of Once, of Ta- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll watch those guys do anything. And then the next one that I'm super amped about is We Live in Time. This one is from John Crowley, who did Brooklyn, Boy A. It's his first movie since The Goldfinch, which was not great. But it is a romantic slash maybe rom-com movie starring Florence Pugh and Andrew Garfield. Um, No official release date. But, I mean, it's Florence Pugh and Andrew Garfield. And Florence Pugh is playing a witty and unstoppable chef. That's That rules. We're literally cooking with flow. You know, we were talking about Cersei Ronan needing a win. Florence Pugh is going to have Dune 2, and then she's going to have this film at some point. And, and she's an Oppenheimer. Wait. Oh, she was an Oppenheimer. Yes, yeah, too. Yeah, she's doing good. She had the funniest moment of 2023 to me. The next handful of movies are almost exclusively Amanda shit, even though <laughs> I am excited for a couple of these. Yeah. Um, so, Amanda, I cede the floor to you. All right, this goes into the category we should have made, which was nervous, but I'll see it. Um, This is (laughs) Back to Black. It is the Amy Winehouse biopic by Sam Taylor Johnson, the director of Nowhere Boy. It is about her recording that album. It was a very, very tumultuous point in her life. Um, We discussed it a lot on our documentary swap in December. We discussed the movie Amy. It's coming out in May. Uh, I'm just really nervous. <laughs> All right, I'm moving on. Uh, next one I'm excited about is actually coming out soon. A birthday movie from me. This is Love Lies Bleeding. This is a Kristen Stewart joint from A24. Uh, she plays a gym, a reclusive gym manager who falls hard for an ambitious bodybuilder who's heading to Las Vegas to pursue her dreams. Their love soon leads to violence as they get pulled into a deep web of criminality. So that'll be very exciting. Um, it's from Rose Glass, who made St. Maud. I liked that movie a lot. It was an A24 horror film. Um, just looks grimy and good. And Kristen Stewart looks jacked. <laughs> looks crazy. <laughs> Katie O'Brien also looks yoked. In yeah, this. they both do. I mean, I'm just anything Kristen Stewart's in. I'm just amped for. Completely agree. Um, super cool cast in that one as well. Ed Harris and Jenna Malone are both in it. And if yeah. you're getting into sketchy criminality type stuff, I feel like they can bring a certain amount of unsettling energy to the film. Um, another film that I forgot to add to our list that's coming out, and I keep getting it confused with Love Lies Bleeding, uh, is Drive Away Dolls. Yes, that comes out in a few weeks. I'm so excited. Yes, the Ethan Cohen movie. 
um, starring Margaret Qualley, Beanie Feldstein, Geraldine Viswanthin, sorry if I messed up your name, and Coleman Domingo, uh, and Pedro Pascal. Lots of really cool people in this involved in this film. I think it's gotten good reviews so far. And yeah, I can't wait for that one as well. I just wanted to make sure I got that one in there. Yeah, that one comes out in February. I think I'm going to the screening on the 12th, but... Yeah, looks really good. I'm super excited about that film. I'm glad you put it in there. Margaret Qualley, kind of in the same camp of uh, incredible, just making incredibly cool choices all the time. Yeah, completely agree. Next movie is actually something I hadn't heard of, and there's not a lot of information about this film. It's called Uprising. Um, I'm only putting it on the list because it's a new movie coming from Park Chan-wook, who is one of the best movie makers. Um, it is a historical action movie about two childhood friends turned adversaries. I believe it is about a war between Japan and Korea. Um, there's just not a lot of info about it, but Park Chan-wook, again, is just one of the best filmmakers, so I'll see more or less anything he makes. So I just wanted to, to note it so that it's on everyone's like trickling radar, at least. Yeah, I think uh, anytime he makes a film, it's appointment television or appointment movie making. Um, especially after uh, finally seeing his probably signature film, Old Boy. Yeah, completely agree. Um, this is another one that I don't even know if it has a home yet, but uh, this is I Saw the TV Glow. It got a lot of really good reviews out of Sundance, so that piqued my interest. It is by Jane Schonenbrunn, who is a very up-and-coming trans indie filmmaker, does these like very wild, arty films. They also did um, We're All Going to the World's Fair, which was another like Sundance baby that came out a few years ago. It's a horror film. Um, Again, I don't know much about it. It may not even ever get picked up. It may go nowhere, but I saw a lot of really good reviews. I'm hoping someone will grab it. So I saw the TV glow is what I'm like kind of keeping an eye out for. Emma Stone is also on this film as a producer. Oh, yes. So she is producing that movie. And then she's also producing a movie called Problemistas, which is on my list. Um, this is a movie that might be terrible, um, but it's from Julio Torres. He's a creative like stand-up guy, but also does like a lot in the art world. Um, and I really like his stuff. He did a, a very interesting take on stand-up a few years ago that I watched and really enjoyed. But stars Julio Torres, also stars Tilda Swinton. Riza and Greta Lee like it has like a lot of good names in it. it the logline is that it follows a struggling aspiring toy designer from El Salvador who starts working for an erratic art world outcast in New York City I believe that's the Tilda Swinton character he does this in hopes to stay in the country because he realizes that his work visa is expiring before he can oh. like come up with his dream toy I've seen this preview it seems like uh a film I'm intrigued about watching. Yeah. Uh, it comes out March 1st. I just think Julio Torres does cool stuff, so I'm excited to see him. Two films that have not a lot of information about them, but are percolating in the horror world. Um, there's a new psychological horror film starring Sydney Sweeney. Looks almost like there are some religious tones called Immaculate. Comes out March 22nd. That's quite literally all of the information I could find about it. And then... In a similar boat is Long Legs. It's a new horror film from Neon. I think they make, they always snatch up really good horror movies. It stars Nicolas Cage and Micah Monroe. I think any Nicolas Cage horror film is pretty good. Logline is FBI agent Lee Harker is assigned to an unsolved serial killer case that takes an unexpected turn, revealing evidence of the occult. 
literally sign me up 100 times. Micah Monroe, who is on this film. I like her from Hot Summer Nights, so I'm happy she's, I guess, going to be in a movie. Uh, what else are you anticipating? Yorgos Lantimos. I'm so excited. He's coming out with a new movie, Emma Stone, back from Poor Things. Hunter Schaefer, Joe Alwyn, Jesse Plemons are all being added to the cast. I'm excited to see it. There's like no other information, but it is supposedly coming out this year. I'm excited that it's a return with um, the writer Ephthemus Philippow, I think. Um, he worked with on The Lobster, The Killing of the Sacred Deer. Um, so it's like away from the Tony McNamara. It'll be a, like a little bit of a different tone than like the favorite and poor things. But yeah, lo- again, Margaret Qualley continues making cool decisions. I'm excited to have Jesse Plemons in the Yorgos universe. I think that's a great yeah, fit. Yeah, 100%. And Hong Chow, um, yeah. who continues to only work with cool uh, filmmakers as well. Everybody give your round of applause for Amanda. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Rattling off several movies that she's excited about um, and covering a blind spot to me. You know, And that's why we podcast together because um, we balance each other out. Another movie that might not come out this year and the last movie we'll talk about is probably, if it comes out, the movie. Correct. This is Megalopolis. I directed and written by Francis Ford Coppola. This movie is such a mystery. This movie has been in development for decades. Yes. He like sold portion of his vineyard in order to fund this movie because it's just been in production for so long. Even though Francis Ford Coppola is the author and auteur of some of the greatest films of all time. Yes. He hasn't had really a good movie since it's been a while. Got married. It's been a minute. It's been decades. It's been a journey. And this could be terrible. I don't even know what this movie's about, but it has Adam Driver, Forrest Whitaker, Grace Vanderwall. Such a long list of people that I can tell went, yeah, even if it's bad, I'd love to work with Francis Ford Coppola. Who knows if we'll see it, but got to at least mention it just in case. Apparently, the filming wrapped in March 2023. And then... uh, That's a good sign. In January, Coppola said he expects the film to come out this year. And most people are expecting it to come out as a Cannes film premiere. Okay. A Cannes Film Festival premiere. We'll see. So we'll see. Uh, so those are all the films we're anticipating. Um, they could be great. They could be some of our favorite films. They could be train wrecks. Um, but as long as they come out, we'll go watch them. If Weather Megalopolis is going to be the biggest question of the rest of the year, the biggest question of the early part of the year is who is the real Agent Argyle? That is quite certainly a way to transition. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we uh, take a break and then talk about Argyle? All right. I'm actually quite excited to talk about this. Not because I think the movie's any good, but because it's our first dip into film reviews. So it is. Welcome to the first Blind Spotters modern day film film review. We're talking about Matthew Vaughn's eighth feature film, Argyle, starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa. The movie centers on Ellie Conway, who is an author of a spy novel series about Agent Argyle. It's very, very popular. Suddenly, she finds herself in the middle of a plot straight out of one of her books when she encounters Aiden, an actual spy. She is the target of a nefarious spy organization called The Division. So Ellie and Aiden go on an adventure around the world, hoping that she can expose The Division 
all of their bad activity while Ellie struggles with who she can trust and ultimately the real identity of Agent Argyle. That is a good little summary. Move forward with caution. Spoilers going from now on. Yeah, put an alarm sound here or something. Yeah, if you don't want to know anything else, then you can stop now and come back to us. All right, Zach, right off the bat, give me your gut reaction to this film. Why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> Why did we make this movie? <laughs> well, we, like what, we what did is, nothing, thank God. But <laughs> Like, what happened, man? I don't know. Like, Matthew Vaughn, what's going on, bud? I was really nervous that it was going to be exactly what it was, um, which was like a backdoor Kingsman movie. It not only was exactly what it was, but the first hour is literally the trailer, which the trailer has been showing in movie theaters for three months. Yeah, it's tough. I know it's not the movie maker's fault what the trailer or when the trailer drops or how frequently you see the trailer, um, but all the tension of the movie kind of just gets sucked out. I didn't like this movie very much. I didn't expect to come in with such hot energy. I just got riled up um, <laughs> thinking about my opinion of this film, but it was just so like empty calories. I thought of it like as Matthew Vaughn karaoke, like Matthew Vaughn's a director who I kind of like, you know, I like the kick-ass movies. I like X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past. I think Kingsman was one of the most pleasantly surprising films uh, when we were in college. Like that was a real moment. And then what happened? It, it just felt like, let me take you back to when we were in college. All right, let's go for it. The Wayback Machine. <laughs> and, and the NCAA Final Four was in town, Is it was in Phoenix during our senior year. And there was a lot of free concerts uh around that time and one of those concerts was aerosmith and we were excited to go see aerosmith mm -hmm. unfortunately for us aerosmith is old and steven tyler i think was drunk and so aerosmith was up there and it sounded like aerosmith and it looked like aerosmith but it also felt like the soul got sucked out of it that's how i felt watching argyle yeah it feels like like a fake movie in a different movie okay you know what it felt like you know the the movie trailers that Cameron Diaz's character yes. in The Holiday makes. It feels like one of those movies. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I think the frustrating part is like all right, from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn, at the bare minimum I'm expecting like very fun, smart, maybe even funny and gruesome action scenes. And those all just felt flat. I'm going to try to be a little positive. I thought Sam Rockwell was good. I was going to say, it's a big it's a big win for girls who have always found Sam Rockwell to be cute. <laughs> I had a great time. I think he's a real cutie. Yeah, and I thought he handled the tone shifting well. Kind of got the action comedy thing going. It's like everything I wanted from the movie didn't happen. Like Henry Cavill was in the action scenes, but only during the parts in which like that character was not doing action. <laughs> yeah. Henry Cavill like, was that was driving flat, me nuts, and I don't think that's his fault. John Cena was flat, yeah, just really uninteresting performances. Dua Lipa is like the person on the poster, dies in the first five minutes, isn't in the rest of the film. Um, I guess we should spoil so we can continue to talk. That yeah, let's talk about the okay. Let's talk about the answer of who the real Agent Argyle is, because that's like the one driving force. Yes, as to why people want to go see the film. Um, so it turns out that Bryce Dallas Howard's character Ellie Conway was 
originally a super spy named Rachel Kyle. R. Kyle. She is Agent R. Kyle. She's Agent Argyle. <sighs> She's Agent Argyle. Another thing that really frustrates me is that the movie is spelled wrong. It has two L's where the pattern Argyle has one L. And I thought that that would have some real payoff, but it's because her last name has two L's, but that's also not how Kyle is spelt. And so it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but it is revealed at the end that Argyle is a real person? Maybe. What happened at the end? I don't know. <laughs> I was so done. So I saw, we both saw a, a press screening of it. Three people walked out of my film. The movie was free for people to watch, to review. And some people said, no, thank you anymore. I'm done now. I don't want to watch this any longer. And the answer is the movie's way too fucking long. Way yes. too long. That was like my big takeaway watching it is by the time we were on like our fifth twist, I was like, oh, my God, please wrap it up. So that's the thing. So the Argyle reveal happens about at the center point of the film. And then it spends the next like 20 minutes expositioning its way out of explaining the twist. Yeah. And and then the rest of the movie happens, and the rest of that movie takes about 45 minutes. And then it's like, there's a twist, but then there's another twist, and then there's another. And I'm just like, please stop. Please stop. See, my positive note was that in the train scene when Sam Rockwell is fighting and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character is kind of seeing Argyle, her character Argyle in him, and it like switches from Sam Rockwell to Henry Cavill back and forth like pretty quickly like a lot of times and it lines up really seamlessly I thought that part was very fun and at that point I was like oh if it kind of has like this tone this like might be just okay like I was not expecting it to be good but I was like maybe it'll be fine and it just gets like silly and worse and then again by like the ninth twist I was like please End of the film. Stop doing this. This is back to my complaint about the action. The crux of the action really falls on Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell. And those are two people who are not action stars or do action movies. She's like the least believable spy of all time. And every big action set piece that's in the film, like you can tell these are stunt doubles. <laughs> yeah. The way you can see that the it's filmed, there's that whole ice skating, oil oh. skating set piece. It's a lot of slow-mo. It's it's a lot of repetition. How many times did they go back to the whirly bird? That scene and the smoke can scene take them out of the movie. Or pick one. <laughs> I don't want either of them. I didn't like either just... of those scenes. And they both took up 15 minutes together. It was so much. None of it felt earned in terms of the emotionality. Or like the chemistry between Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard. I actually thought Catherine O'Hara was good. I thought Catherine O'Hara. I thought Catherine O'Hara was good. I thought it was very obvious, maybe because I like puzzle box movies, that she was a bad guy. When she was like, "No, no, you have to continue writing," I was like, "Oh, she's in on something. That seems bad." And then like I thought that the Brian Cranston being her dad twist was fun. When it was Brian Cranston as the dad, I was like, "Oh." This is really interesting. Okay. But then it was like just fake. And then you just go back to Brian Cranston 100 times being like, if I can't 
do it. I'll do it myself. I'm like, no, okay, well. What was your reaction to the Argyle reveal? There has been so much hype built around like a surprise cameo that I was like, oh, that's a letdown. But that's like fake fan creation. No, that's not fan create. That's literally the movie's creation. Like the whole movie was just marketed on the premise of the reveal of the real Agent Argyle. And then it was just Bryce Dallas Howard biting her lip for the eighth time. Okay, I have a, I don't want to like take just like an hour to shit on this movie. So I think we should maybe wrap it up. But I have some question. Who do you think this movie is for? I think it's for people who have never seen an action comedy directed by Matthew Vaughn. Oh, people who are not familiar with his work at all. Yes, because if you've seen his work, it's only going to be disappointing because if you want to see a good version of it, even the Kingsman had better like Matthew Vaughn-ness yes. to it, you know? So I think it's for people who are John Cena fans or Dua Lipa fans or Ariana DeBose fans or whatever and I want to see this film and then, you know, maybe they'll be charmed by the stylistic nature of which it's told. But if people are familiar with the work, I'm not as jazzed about it for them. My other question for you is you liked the first Kingsman movie a lot. I sure I saw it. Don't remember much of it. One of my reviews was that this feels way more on par with the third one because it's really hard to capture like how surprisingly good that move that first movie was. Um, I feel like a lot of that magic has sort of trickled away. As someone who likes those films, what did you think of the stinger that this is a backdoor Kingsman film? And that Aubrey Argyle is a real spy who goes to the Kingsman pub. Well, that's the thing that's also confusing because they said book one, Agent Argyle. So is it like a book set in the Kingsman universe? Is it a book about the Kingsman universe? I was excited until like it was more explained. Then I was just really confused. So I, I don't know. I would rather just watch another Kingsman movie starring Taron Edgerton. Yeah. I didn't expect to go like fully rant mode on this <laughs> no, podcast good. after talking about a bunch of movies I'm really excited to go watch. I think it is a, a cautionary tale to people who watch a movie that is surprisingly good and say, you know what, just make like eight more of those and like every other year come out with a new one and it'll yeah, be fine. That's a great point. This is like, mm, pump the brakes, maybe. Well, I'm hoping that our next review will be a little bit more positive. Um, yeah, but- sorry to bring so much negative energy to the pod. That's all right. Uh, the real agent Argyle is a friend of me along the way. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it always is. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Let us know how you thought about this. Just two experiments for us. So I'm glad I'm glad we did it. I feel good about it. But you can always find a regular episode of Blind Spotters on the second Tuesday of the month. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Blind Spotters Pod. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Blind Spotters. Zach, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Zach Pocklip. And as always, you can find me on Letterboxd. Amanda, where can people find you? People can find me across all social media at Amanda Luberto. Send me any compliments. Let me know that all of the movies I pick are the movies you're most excited for and that I was right. That's what I want. And also don't forget to send us your questions for our upcoming Oscars mailbag. We will be recording that sooner than later. Um, So if you want to be included, uh, shoot us your takes, your questions, your thoughts on the Oscars. Yes, please do. All right, guys. Bye. I certainly hope you dance as well as you dress.
Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>